to the Macaw Family Podcast. I am here with the woman who gave birth to me and my heathen sister's mom. Hello. <laughs> and today we will be going old school with our case. Although we are going old school, it is not going to be any less brutal. So let's get into it. <laughs> old school meaning years ago. 1940s. 1940s? Yeah, he was hung in... Well, spoiler alert. (laughs) (laughs) He was hung in 1949. Obviously got caught. Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. We are heading all the way over to jolly old England for our story today. John George Haig. Haig. H-A-I-G-H. How do you think you say it? Hoff? Hoff? <laughs> he was born in Stamford, Lincolnshire, July 24th, 1909. H-A-I-G-H? Yeah. John was born to highly religious parents, John, Robert, and Emily. So he's not a junior, because you have to have the same middle name, right? To be a junior? Um, I have no idea. Good oh. question. I don't have boys. So yeah. So not to worry about that. So, well, they don't call him a junior, so I'm assuming he's not, but his dad's name is John as yeah. well. Yeah. When John was younger, his parents moved... How do you say it? I don't know. It's going to tell you on okay. YouTube. Oh, on YouTube. <laughs> Here we go, people. We're going to listen real quick. All right. Let's see. Do, 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 do. Do, do, do. <laughs> Gotta wait for that stupid ad. Oh, it's doing an ad. Okay. Oh, yeah. I'll keep going. Oh, shit. What happened? <laughs> and Bluetooth on. Oh. <laughs> it's not doing anything. No. No. The truck's not on. Is it? No. <laughs> no, the truck's here. There we go. Hey. 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 Okay. <laughs> Oh, we figured that, that out. That's good. <laughs> Always the Google. Um, John's parents were very religious, as I said. When John was younger, his parents moved to the family to Outwood, West Reading, in Yorkshire. John George won a scholarship to Queen Elizabeth Grammar School in Wakefield Cathedral. So, like a uh, Christian school? Church school. Yeah. I'm assuming cathedral is Christian, not Catholic, right? Oh my goodness, I just know Orthodox. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. They were religious. He was a good student and a pianist. He joined the choir at school. So choir, I'm assuming. I don't know, we don't have singers at church, do we? Yeah, we do. Oh, we do? Yeah, in the choir. Oh, yeah. Okay. When was the last time you went to church? A long time ago. Yeah, the choir comes down and receives their bread. And, and they go at back the up. End, um, no, at the end, the oh. first one's down. This is where John started his sick and twisted pranks. He was bullied at school, so he took his anger out on things he didn't think much of. So, since he was bullied, he bullied people that. he thought were easy to bully kind of situation. People and things? Yes. Is he killing cats? Oh, uh, no. Not yet. No, no <laughs> he didn't kill cats. He would pull a stool out from the elderly organist when she sat down to play, so... Oh, he's just a meanie. Oh, wait. He even chased a pig around its pen until it died from exhaustion. Oh. So how long are you chasing a pig around for it to die from exhaustion? You, do, you don't have to chase it. You just go, rah! Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, he did that. 
After he finished school, the pranks didn't quite stop there. John got a job as apprentice engineer because that's what his dad was. Dad was an engineer and he wanted his son to be one. Yeah, they were coming from a prominent family. They weren't poor. No, because that's a private school, I'm assuming. Yeah, but he got a scholarship. Ah, he's Yeah, he's smart. he's smart. He was quickly fired for putting sugar in his boss's gas tank. Oh my gosh. Yeah, so this is an adult now doing this. How many times did you want to do that? How many times did a you lot. want to do that? <laughs> um, not to you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. He was then fired from an advertising and insurance job for stealing from both of them. So two different jobs, advertising yep. and then insurance, and he stole from the cash box from both of them. So he likes his money but doesn't like to He's very, for yeah. Yeah. That is the theme in this whole thing. He just doesn't want to work for it. No. If this was in today, people would have noticed the way John acted and would have like gotten him help, or right. or he would have still became a serial killer either or. <laughs> but spoiler alert: John is paying attention. No, John is a serial killer. This is in the, like the nineteen twenties. I mean, they didn't have what we have now for to, to tell mental health. Or, yeah. In July. At the time, you don't even know. When a serial killer is looking at you in the face anyway. No, they say that you, like, will pass by a murderer a couple of times in your mm-hmm. life. And at any point in time, there's, like, ten serial killers working in the country. Uh, like, it's a job. <laughs> oh, my God. Think about it. I mean, yeah, well, you know what? There was one in New York. But, like, now we don't hear about it. There was a serial killer in New York. He was stabbing people. Yeah. At least they call, I think they called him the subway slasher or something. He was stabbing people. And there was another hot, one. But nobody says anything anymore. No, you don't hear shit. New news is about other stuff. Oh. Not about safety of us. No, no. It's about, it's about Democrats and Republicans. Yeah, people I could care less about. I explained it to Michael. I go, we're too rich to for people to care about for politicians to care about but too poor for them to care about too exactly we're in the bracket where they don't give a shit about us they don't care about either so we have to worry about ourselves okay so in july 1934 john married betty hammer four months after they were married john was arrested for car fraud whatever that is I'm assuming maybe changing plates. Changing plates, trying to sell a car to somebody else, maybe? Yeah. He was sentenced (laughs) to 15 months in prison. Here is, we see the start of John's long life of crime. While John was in prison, Betty gave birth to a daughter. She then left John and gave up the girl for adoption. So this guy has a daughter. Yeah. But he never. Never even left the girl. Well, she left him and then gave the baby up. Oh my gosh. Why would a mother even do that? Because she couldn't take care of it by herself. It's in the 30s, so yeah. even yeah, yeah. even there, they were going period. through the Depression and everything. Yeah. In 19... Well, actually, the 30s, this is World War One, right? 1940s. No. No, that ended in 19... 19, I think. World War One ended... That would be the... That would be the... Uh, the start of World War Two. I think so. We didn't get into World War Two until the forties, but I digress. <laughs> <laughs> this was a trying time. I mean, the whole thirty nine, thirty nine. So I mean, the whole early nineteen hundreds to the nineteen forties. Britain was going through. Well, shit. we were too. I'm sure. 
1936, he was released from prison and moved to London and started working as a chauffeur for arcade owner William McSwan. So he's coming down the ladder. Well, remember the name. Yep, McSwan. Yep. Yep. William. That will be coming up later. Once John left being a chauffeur, he decided it was time to change his name. He invented a new alias, William Cato Adamson. As Adamson, John had multiple offices in London, Guildford, and Surrey, working as a solicitor selling fraudulent stocks and shares. This scam came to an abrupt... Skank. 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 He doesn't come to an abrupt end yet. When someone noticed that the town of Guildford was spelt wrong in the letterhead for the so-called business. Uh-huh. Yeah, so then he was sentenced to four years in prison for fraud. Dot your eyes and cross your T's. People. I know. How do you not make sure the name of the it's business spelled yeah, right. properly? That's what I mean. While he was in prison, this is where he came up with the reason for always getting caught. The people were still alive to alert the police. Oh, of course. Of course. So, so now he's turning into a red collar killer. While he was in prison, he learned the name of a serial killer named Georges Alexandre Serret. This guy was of Greek descent. Mm-hmm. But he was from England. He would dispose of his victims in sulfuric acid. Oh, nice. So you would think that John, having learned that Sarah got guillotined for his crimes, that he would not... Try him? Do- yeah, but, <laughs> but again, spoiler alert, he does, and it doesn't go well. Somehow, in prison, John got a hold of acid and field mice and started experimenting in his cell on how with... How do they get this stuff? I'm sure you can't sneak that in in no. body cavities. So <laughs> he finds, he, like, is acidifying, I guess would be the yeah, yeah, word. Yeah, yeah, Little field mice, so oh, he can figure out how much he needs. To kill him. Yep. Or, no, to dispose of the body. Yeah, yeah, to get rid of the body. Yep. In 1943, John was released from prison, and this is where our story truly, truly begins. And he's got all this information. Yeah, he knows. He learned about this other serial killer that did it. So there's another good thing for... Prison. Yeah. He can't figure out what the... He's... uh, I know there's no Googling, but (laughs) But, I'm sure he's learning it from the library and books. Why would they even have those books in there? Good question. Uh Uh-huh. Donald and Amy Page, also known as Sarah, so Amy Page is known as Sarah. Okay. Are married in October 1910. In May of 1911, Sarah gave birth to their only child, William Donald. After World War World War One, yep. The family moved to London, where Donald learned advanced shorthand. By 1929, Donald started working as a shorthand typist at the Shoreditch Technical Institute. What the heck? Is shorthand. You did learn that, right? Yeah, yeah. Shorthand is now they have little type things. You see them in the courts. Yeah. Typing, and that's a shorthand typewriter. It's just squiggles and jiggles on the paper. <laughs> I couldn't even tell you anymore. But it. But this would be like, and that. Oh. Okay. You know, like one. But you had to know all those symbols and all the combinations. So it's, it's like a learning a whole other language. Yes. That's crazy. Yes, yes it is. And that's yeah, what the, I, I was not good. <laughs> and why do they still need a shorthand typist in, in court? I mean, um, it's all recorded. It's true. Yeah. I don't know if they even do. Oh, they I might. Don't think they do. Well, I don't know. We can watch, watch the court. Matt Law yeah. all the time. We watch the there. court channel, and I can't think because <laughs> they see live You see feeds. somebody in yeah. there. Um, 
I don't I don't know. I don't Who know knows? what they're doing these days, but I watch too many old old crime shows where Yeah, they the show stenographer sitting there, yeah. So during this time the McSwains bought several properties to rent out. In 1939, as World War II broke out, which is in England, because we didn't get right. in there yet. Right. Um, the McSwain's son, William, registered as a consensuous objector. I think that's the right word. So he didn't believe in the war, so I yeah. guess you could register saying, I don't believe in this war. Yeah, like an independent. I don't think, did they have independence back then? I don't know, <clears throat> but he objected to the war, so yeah, yeah. if you file for that, they're is trying to not go to war. Like, you're trying not oh. to be drafted. Gotcha. Gotcha. Nonetheless, in 1941, William was called in the service for a six-month deferment. So no matter what, if you have to get drafted, you have to get drafted. Right, right. William was afraid of going to war, so to avoid authorities, he would move around constantly. This is something that his killer would use against him later. Dun, dun, dun. Dun. <laughs> now, John worked for William in the sh- as a chauffeur in 1936, if you remember. Yep. Yeah. Once John was out of prison, he ran into William in a chance meeting. In 1944, he arranged to rent a three basement rooms in 79 Gloucester Road in Kensington Ooh, and moved in on September 6th. The last time William was seen is September 9th when he told a work colleague that he was going away for the weekend but was adamant he wouldn't be gone long. Because it's a work colleague, so he obviously. Yeah. Yeah. Um,. He meets John at the Goat Pub in Kensington and went with him to John's basement apartment at 79 Gloucester Road and was never seen again. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> How we truly know what happened to William is what is that when John was again caught, spoiler alert, yeah, yeah. he confessed to it what exactly happened. I'm going to let everybody know what happened now because when it comes to how he's caught in the trial, it's kind of full of drama. So we'll just get out. The so he, okay. So he got out of prison. Mm-hmm. Started working back for McSwan. Mm-hmm. And bumped into somebody else. No, he got out of prison, worked for Miss Swan, and then he went back into prison. Okay. Remember? Okay. okay. Till yeah. 1943, and then in 1944, he ran back into him at okay. a pub or something. Yeah. Like, come on. Yeah. Want to hang out, buddy? A spider to the web. Yeah. John um, admitted to what happened to William. He convinced him to go to the basement. There he bludgeoned him to death. He placed William's body in a large industrial barrel and poured concentrated sulfuric acid on his body. He left him there for two days. And And when he came back, he poured what was left in the barrel down the drain. The reading, the reasoning for the murder was both jealousy and money. So they think that he was jealous of William's like lifestyle, lifestyle like having money, money yep. succeeding. Yep. Main reason most murders happen. Jeez. Well, jeez, don't, don't okay. land in prison for fraud. Just work. <laughs> he did not want he it. Could have something. He wanted everybody else's. Well. That's the thing for everything you find out. This is what happened. It's always because of money. Yep. Spoiler alert yep. again. Lots but of now spoiler alert. What happened to his son? Okay. What do you mean? Well, William? Yeah. Okay. So. Because he got out of prison and he ended up with his flat by himself. Yeah. Yeah. He. We talk about John. 
the yes. bad guy. Yes. He meets up with William, the son of Amy or Sarah and Yes. William. Wait, yes. The other guy. No. What's his that? Donald. Donald. Okay. He meets William, kills okay. William, puts him in a barrel, pours the goo down a drain. Oh, so that's disgusting. In order to explain away William's disappearance to his family, don't forget he's he's okay. a defect not a defector, but he's a Yeah, he's he's, he's a hopper. running from yeah. He's, he's running, running from, from draft. Yeah. So John told the William's parents, uh, Donald and Sarah or Amy, since um, John had worked for William, he knew his parents, told yeah. him that he went to Scotland to avoid the draft. So he was able to convince them that he ran he's away. Already, yes, to avoid the draft because yep. they were knocking on his door. Yeah, because they, as oh, everybody, so long. he knew he was terrified. Yep. So the story of him going to Scotland was pretty believable. Now the now that John gave the McSwains the bullshit story about the man he just murdered, mm-hmm. his first murder. Yeah. So he planned this all out. No, no conscience about it. No guilt. He took over the job William was doing for his parents, which is collecting the rent, because they own a bunch of properties. Right, right. So he's collecting the rent from him and then keeping it. Well, the job we go. Yeah. So keeping the money. Um, he's very selfish, and his whole life is basically focused on money. Yeah. Donald and Amy began to worry, or Sarah began to worry that their son hadn't returned to Scotland, and since the war was ending, they were like, "Where is he? It's over. Yeah. They're not he drafting. He should be coming home." Yeah. They haven't heard anything from him. If he went to Scotland, he would have tried to communicate with him. Of course, a letter here and there. Yeah. So this is something that John didn't count on because... The war ending wasn't that. Well, his parents loving their son, maybe, (laughs) because you never hear about his parents again. True, true. Although there's something wrong there. Yeah. He used it to advantage. John told them that William would be back for a visit July 2nd, 1945. He uses this as a way to lure Donald and Amy, Sarah, or Sarah, to that his same place. Day. Yep, yep. Uh, they went there excited to see their son, which is so sad. And they kill them. He kills them. Yep, he did the same thing to Amy and Donald as he did. He bludgeoned them to death. Oh, fuck, I, I don't under. I'm not quite sure how he did it. Where there's two people, right? Uh, usually, it's they take out the man, the the biggest. Yeah, he probably first. say, "Can you give me a hand down here while we're waiting for your son?" Yeah. Bludgeoned him and then went back upstairs and just took it. Well, it's just three rooms in a basement. Yeah. So, killed them both, did the same thing, put them in industrial bins. And dispose. And, like, when I say industrial bins, I'm assuming big, like, metal ones. Yeah, I would think the 50 gallon drums. Because, like, I'm think like, what I think of when I think of them is the blue ones, you know, the yeah, fishing but they ones. Were metal, but they yeah, they have to be metal. Yeah. Yeah, same idea. So, he would. Sulfuric acid them. He collected all their money, property, and even pensions. Now and all have to worry about anybody else. Not yet. Mm-mm. All together, this came out for 8,000 pounds um, in 1945 money. So it's $348,000 in that's US it. money as of 2020. That's it. But I mean, that's a lot for... That's a lot for somebody who has nothing. 1945. Mm-hmm. Once he had all the McSwain money, he moved into the Onslow Court Hotel. John spent two years living off the wealth that other people earned. By 1947, though, he was broke again due to a bad gambling addiction. He needed to replenish his money and 
the you only way to do it fast. Yeah, the only way to do it was murder because God forbid he worked. No, not get a job. Let's murder people. I just don't understand. There's a lot of work in murdering somebody. I, that, that's up, literally like, what I say. I'm like, this, this is a job. This is a job. It's like, just get a job. Right? You know, get a job. John also decided it was time to move his murder workshop from 79 Gloucester Road in Kensington to a place in Crawley, Sussex. So when he gets caught, they find stuff at that place but I yeah. don't think I don't know if they ever go to Crawley <laughs> I mean Kensington so anyways good jumping ahead but Dr. Archibald and Rose Henderson were looking to sell their flat which in other terms would be an apartment or like a condo right 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 but we listen to enough of those podcasts yes <laughs> John went to the home of the Hendersons pretending to be interested in buying it he chatted them both up and told them how he loved to play piano. This gave Rose the idea <laughs> to ask John to play at their new home they purchased for a housewarming party that they, they were going to be throwing. So they wanted him to come in and play the piano in their housewarming. For them, for the housewarming party. Yeah, for their new That's house. Right, because he's a pianist on top of everything else yeah, that so. he can go work for. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Very talented gentleman. John obliged, and while he was at the party, he went through their stuff and found and stole Dr. Henderson's gun. Oh, there we go. I'm just going to take Murder a suicide. suicide. John, inv- no. No. <laughs> John invited Dr. Henderson to the workshop shop in Crawley to show him an invention he had been working oh. on. Once John got the doctor there... Look at the he, barrel of my gun. Yeah, he shot him with his own gun. In the head. So this poor doctor got shot with his own gun. In his head. Which, yeah. like I said, suicide. He then contacted Rose saying that Archibald was, is feeling very ill. So this guy's name is Archibald. I love that, that was, name. That was, a, that was pretty uh, prominent Common. and famous years ago. Not Archibald, so much Archie. Now. But Archibald Archie. is so cute. Fell very ill and Rose had to come and get him from Crawley. Once she got there, she was then shot by John in the head. He threw both of them in the bodies. Yep. Took over uh, both of their bodies that he brought from the other place with him. So we went, in, yeah, he got the barrels. <laughs> well, how long were the, those bodies in there? He just, uh, two days, and then he dumps it down the drain. Yeah. So between, oh, he t- okay, I got it. Yeah. He took the new bodies with him. No, yeah, he just took the barrels with him. Yeah. No, he dropped, he put the new bodies in the old barrels. Yeah, okay. And then dumped it out. Yeah. He got control of their assets by forging a letter in the doctor's name. He sold everything they had and once again was able to get 8,000 pounds, which was close to 340K. He decided to keep their car and the dog. Oh, yeah, he kept take the, care of somebody now? Yeah, he kept their dog. Right? I, I don't get it. I, I guess it's better than killing it. Uh, yeah, but to, yeah, to win. Right. <laughs> you don't trust the guy. Yeah. Two years down the road, in 1949, he was once again running out of money. He was still living at the Onslow Court Hotel and calling himself an engineer for some reason. Reason? Well, it's more prominent than a murderer. <laughs> murderer. Once again, he ran out of money, so he started looking for another victim. And this victim, unfortunately for him, would be his last. Olive Durant Duncan lived at the Onzo Court Hotel, which is the same place as John. She had heard about John being a supposed engineer 
and she had a fantastic idea about false fingernails. Hmm. This gave back in those days. That's yeah, pretty good. This gave John the opportunity to get Olive to his workshop or murder shop, as they'll call it, since this is the only thing he used it for. <laughs> on February, it's paying for itself. Pretty much. 18th, 1949, Olive tra- traveled an hour with John to his workshop where he shot her in the neck with Dr. Henderson's gun. John took off all her jewelry and her expensive black Persian fur coat. Once he removed everything from her body, he could use his currency to put her in the acid. So, Olive's murder was a huge mistake because she was reported missing within two days by her friend. So people will keep an eye on her. He yeah. was getting sloppy. No, he was. You know, he just met her. And I think the big reason that John was caught was good p- police work, and that started with Sergeant Alexandria Lampburn. So a lady. Oh. She went and spoke with Constance. Constance told the sergeant she knew all about Olive. Or, sorry. All she knew about Olive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How Olive was an aloof woman who disliked most people in crowds and was very strong-minded. Sounds oh. like me. <laughs> I don't like most people. <laughs> you don't like most people. Or Get crowds. me out of a crowd. Yep. She also let the sergeant know that Olive wore specific jewelry wherever she left her room. The sergeant also went and spoke with John that same day. This didn't go well for John in the sense that the sergeant had an uneasy feeling about John and felt he may be involved. So right away, he got that feeling. She did. Yep, she did. Rather. The sergeant, yeah, she felt yeah. uncomfortable and immediately thought something was up with him. Yeah. He told her that he spoke with Olive before she left and she was wearing her statement black fur coat. Another thing the sergeant found odd was that John was a young man living in a hotel with mainly older women or older people. Yeah. She was uneasy with him, as I said, and she felt immediately that he was involved. So she was up on things. Yeah, and he told her that she left in his her statement black fur coat, which then we'll find out. No, we'll find out. Oh. oh, in the acid? No, no, he takes it off her. Yeah, I know. Where did he put it? We'll find out. We'll find out. <laughs> A description of Olive was sent out to all the police division by Inspector Symes. This is a thing, too, which didn't happen with all the other ones of like, Dr. Henderson, his wife, yeah. and I the mean, three they, McSwains. They didn't even think about him. They weren't even looking. In his they weren't direction. looking at anybody. No. Because nobody's missing them. True. True. The inspector spurred on by Sergeant Lamburn's comments started looking into John as a suspect. Inspector Symes and Dispector, Detective Inspector Webb did their due diligence. Like I said earlier, this was solved by the work of good detectives. Yeah. So they did their due diligence. Webb and Simes went back to the hotel and spoke with the manager, Mrs. Robbie. Miss Robbie. She told them that John never has any visitors, drove flashy cars, and wore expensive clothes. Also that he was late on rent and finally settled up two days before Olive went missing. Ah. So the day she was murdered. Yeah. Because yeah. she was murdered and then she was um, reported missing two days after. So did, did he... He got... He went... Pawned, pawned all the stuff. Pawned her jewelry to get money to pay his rent. Yep. Simes and Webb went to speak directly to John. They went up to his room, and John recalled the same statement he gave earlier to the sergeant. He also let them know that all, when Olive left, she was also carrying a red bag. Idiot. Because yeah. all this stuff yeah. is found. <laughs> yeah. And he's the one who brought it. Yeah. And he, like, told them all this. 
what what John didn't know at the time was that he had met Inspector Symes before. Symes had questioned him years before this, and then Inspector knew John was a con man. So he he, so, he had yeah. dealt with him before, and John didn't remember, but the right. inspector did. Once back at the station, Symes ordered a full record search on John Ger- George High from Scotland Yard. Since the only convictions that came back were white-collar crimes, then those didn't really add up to murder but back then. When it comes to red-collar. Yeah, well, yeah. But this is totally different. This is a serial killer. Yeah. Gonna, he, he was going to end up there either way. I think so. Symes, at the time, wasn't sure if John had killed Olive. The next day, the newspaper ran a story about Olive's disappearance. So, like I said, this murder was the one that gets him caught because she was missed. She, she was they're, missed. They're putting stuff in the newspaper they're looking for right away. And he, he, he didn't pawn on a lot of stuff from the other people, did he? He just had their money, their pension, stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. The next um, day after the newspaper ran a story, a guest of the hotel came forward saying that they ran an Olive in the lobby of the hotel the day she went missing and relayed a conversation she had with Olive to the police. Olive had told this anonymous guest that she was traveling with John Crawley that day. So I doesn't I didn't find the name of the guest. Who had said it. Yeah, but they said Yeah, she was going with she this guy. Was, yep. And now they're still already questioning him. So this tip set in motion Symes getting into the workshop in Crawley in the inevitable end of John's murder sprees. Well, it's not really sprees. It's just serial killer. Because sprees would be like boom, 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 boom. He waits two years. He's a product killer. He does it for stuff. so many different different, uh, things. Yeah, he does it just for money. I thought spree was like all in one spot really quick. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, like a murder spree, yeah. Serial killers usually have, like, a cooling down period where they... But he's just doing it for money. There's no, like, logic really behind it. So it's just he's a product killer. Once they got to John's workshop, they didn't find much at first. It was basically empty with a fuel... A fuel... Few boxes, tools, and empty bottles of sulfuric acid were all over the floor. Oh, but we don't know what those are for. Yeah, right. The windows were all painted over, so not much light was in the room. Yeah, Remember when I got into a car accident and because we clean windows, oh, razor, blades razor blades came out yes. and the sky's like, that was helping me. Uh, you think that's cool? Are we, are we, are you good? I'm like, yes, I clean windows. Like, yeah, what do you think? Help me get out of this destructed people. vehicle. <laughs> I know. Look at the stuff. Yeah. The only, so the windows were all painted over. So not much light was in that room. The only thing they found. You're thinking about doing the windows today. And with all the painted over windows, you're thinking they're going to be painted over. <laughs> yeah, right now I am, thanks. <laughs> Bye. The only thing they found to fit with the theme of this is was the drab basement was a locked leather hat box. And what was in this locked leather hat box? Wow. They have to bring it to evidence to open it. <laughs> but, I mean... The bottles of acid. There's a bunch of bottles of acid. And you're not like, hmm, what is this big barrel with acid? Yeah. What do but you think? <clears throat> they sent the hat box off to be open and have it brought into evidence. They found in the hat box Dr. Henderson's gun, which they didn't know whose gun it was at right. the time. Right. A, and in an envelope, ammunition for the gun. They also found 
heavy red cellophane paper, a receipt for dry cleaning near Crawley, and on the receipt, they had a description of what was to be clean, and it was the pause for fact. Yes. The, the black Persian fur coat. And was there blood on it? I'm going to assume. He shot her in the neck. <laughs> They were collecting all this evidence that was leading them directly to John Hay. All started because a good officer had a hunch and her fellow officers trusted her enough to do some follow-up. So, that's what I'm saying. Um, Officers canvassed the area and the surrounding towns to find out if anyone remembered seeing Olive and John together. A bookkeeper at the George Hotel in Crawley, upon seeing a photo of Olive, instantly remembered seeing her in a black fur coat carrying a large red purse. Yeah. She also recognized John as the man who was driving her because they stopped at the hotel to use the restroom. So they both had to walk by the front desk. Yep. In the nearby town of Horsham, a shop had bought jewelry that matched olives, and the jeweler had who bought it recognized John as the person who sold it. Uh-huh. So the jewelry, the purse, the fur coat is all pointing. Like, it's still all circumstantial. Yeah, these people just saw it, but... Right, just saw it, and even though he has it, it doesn't mean that he killed him. Not yet. Not yet, but here we go. John was kept at the police station, while inspectors, Symes, and superintendents, Barrett and Mahone, went over to the hotel to search his room. They had enough evidence now, and this would be the final nail in his coffin, or in his case, spoiler alert again, the final thread in his noose. (laughs) In the search of his room, they found a shirt covered in bloodstains and a penknife with blood on it. Well, then you can. They also found a shopping list, or basically a murder list, of what he needed to dispose of body. Gloves, cellophane, cotton wadding, and jugs of acid. I mean, come on. Why? Why keep it? It's it's still circumstantial evidence. No, well, I know that, but as a murderer, you you got a shirt with blood on it. You got a a penknife with blood on it. You got a murder list. Why? Why keep it? This is why. But he's a con. But he's a con artist. He's not supposed to be a murderer. Yeah. You know what I mean? He, but, didn't th- he thought about everything, how to get rid of the body. But he didn't think of everything to keep it clean. Like, to, to not tie everybody. And together. You buy gloves one day. A couple months later, you buy the acid. This is why men don't get away with it. This is why there's more men murders than no women. planning. That and they keep their, they, their shits everywhere. I know. They their shit is it. everywhere. Can't find it anywhere. Men leave their shit everywhere. Girls do too. Yeah, no. Like, I'll be home. Nathan be like, I can't find whatever. Something. Open up your mama eyes. And then I'm like, seriously? You can't find it. I'm looking at it. As he's saying, he can't find it. He looked there for sure. Mikhail does the same thing. I know. Well, it's because they need to open up their man eyes. But yeah. they do. They look, they look, it's a scan. Yeah. It's like a scan over everything. <laughs> uh, while they were searching his workshop... Forensic found um, brown sludge behind it, so okay. where he was dumping the goo. Yeah. Upon closer inspection of the sludge, they found it to be human remains. Ugh. In the sludge, they found 28 pounds of human body fat, a part of a foot, gallstones, and a part of a denture set, which was later identified as olives by her dentist. Aww. So, what are gallstones? They're in your gallbladder. Oh, okay. Because somebody had gallstones. <laughs> They're, I guess they're like some sort of uh, mineral deposit, maybe. Yeah, they look like a little rock. Yeah, Yeah. I have no idea what it is. John confessed to the murder of Olive, the McSwains, and the Hendersons. 
He also confessed to murdering three other people, but there was never any proof of it. He told the police that drinking the blood of the victims was making him insane. Oh my word. Although there was never any proof that he did that either. He's trying to make himself look insane. He's... Yeah, somehow though, the story of him drinking the blood of his victims got out to the press. The Daily Mirror got a hold of it, and the editor ran it. So the Daily Mirror is like a rag. Inquire. Kind of. Yeah. Like... It's not a respectable newspaper. I mean, I guess back then... They just go for the headlines. Yeah. I went with the headline, Vampire Horror in London, for the front page of the paper. Vampire what? Horror in London. okay. Did you think I said horror? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) On March 3rd, 1949. that work? So, the way the mirror kept reporting on this case got the editor actually sent to court. He was sentenced to three months in jail with a fine of ten thousand pounds, or why because thirty three hundred thousand pounds in twenty twenty. Wow! So that's almost four hundred k. Yeah. In American money. Yeah. For what? For what? Just printing it. Printing stuff that's not true. Ah. So he got in trouble for it. You yeah. Because back then they do you, that. You could get not anymore. Yeah. God forbid. I know. In. August of 1949, John was put on trial for the six murders at Sussex Asses, Asses, and Lewes. I don't know how to say that. <laughs> I take it. It's... He, he went to, to trial at a, at a courthouse, we'll call it. <laughs> yeah, that looks about right. Yeah. He couldn't afford a defense attorney, so the News of the World newspaper offered to pay for one if he gave them an exclusive story. Even in the 1940s, people were obsessed with true crime. I think it's something to do with the fact that it's something different than what they've been dealing with for the past 40 Real, years. Realization. War. Yeah. There there were, you know, war, the Holocaust, everything that was going on. This is something different. Something that's like, okay. Something different and something to blow up the paper again, though, too. Yeah, they're like, okay, people are sick of hearing about this. Mm-hmm, about let's, the let's war. Talk let's about some guy murdering. Yeah, let's talk about some guy murdering people. Not legally. It took Even though the war is going on, everybody's being murdered, but... Yeah. Anywho. Yeah, all the war crimes that happened and, you know, all those people that mm-hmm. died. But yeah, let's... That's true crime. Yep. It took the jury only minutes to deliberate, find him perfectly sane and guilty of the murder of all six people. While John was in prison, he opened up to his physician, Dr. Yellowless, about his childhood nightmares. Okay. That John claimed lured him into murder. I'm going to relate a so-called dream that John claimed caused him to murder. He told Dr. Yellowless that, quote, I saw a forest of crucifixes which gradually turned to trees. At first I seemed to see dew or rain running from the branches, but when I came nearer, I knew it was blood. All of a sudden the whole forest began to twist about and the trees streamed with blood. Blood ran from the trunks. Blood ran from the branches, all red and shiny. I felt weak and seemed to faint. I saw a man going around the trees gathering the blood. When the cup he was holding in his hand was full, he came up to me and said, Drink. But I was paralyzed. The dream vanished, but I still felt faint and stretched out with all my strength towards the cup. Now, what's so funny is that you can even interpret that in the Jesus Christ sense that I know when we go to... Um, at the end to you receive the communion, blood, yeah. you drink the blood. The wine's the blood. 
I'll give him this though. He, he has imagination. Imagination. He's, he's just so trying to get out of shit. shit. He's so full of shit. <laughs> he's just trying to get out of what he did. He tried to blame bad dreams on his lust for murder, but the truth of the matter is that he murdered for money just 100%. Yep. He just, he tried to, like, the whole blood, drinking the blood thing, that, like. Oh, you, you get treated like a king in the mental ward. That's what I mean. He wanted to. to jail. He did everything he could to. So like sensationalize his story. Yeah. He wanted to be famous. He wanted to be rich. He's if he didn't squander the money, he wouldn't have had to murder. And that's my hot take on that. Mm-hmm. So if he didn't need money, he wouldn't have murdered. If he wasn't broke, he didn't. He wouldn't if have he, murdered. He was the pianist. He was a shorthand hand guy. I mean, oh, that was his uh, another guy that he killed. Oh, that's right. Um, William. Yeah. But no, Donald. 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 Yeah. <laughs> But, I mean, that's what I mean. He was selfish, <coughs> obsessed with the finer things in life, and the only way he knew how to get those things was to work hard for it, which he did not want to do. Now, his pa- his parents, from what I understood, was pretty prominent in religious, in religious yeah. but they had money. Yeah. So, it's just like, he was Once wanted... he started, he wanted more money, ended up he conning people, yeah. he was getting a con in trouble, they didn't want anything to do with him anymore. And like I said... Like you said, murder is like a job. It's not, it's not easy. No, especially getting away with bodies. five of them. Yeah, jeez. But I think he took murder as basically the lesser of two evils. The evils being work or murder. Work or murder. He and in order for him to play cons, he had to murder the people because that's how he got caught. Yeah, he ended up going to Wandsworth prison and there he asked a guard if they could do a trial run of his hanging to make sure that nothing was going to go wrong. Yeah, yeah. Because he didn't, I don't know why, but this is, like, oh, why? just in case. In case something happens? Yeah, in case, yes. You want him to die instantly is what they're after instead of having him suffer, so you got to make sure that the word comes out. Right? <laughs> On August 10th, 1949, John George Hay was hanged at Wandsworth Prison in the front of a crowd of 500. Would you... Want no. to go go see a public hanging? No. no. <laughs> no. I don't think I could stomach it. I no. can't stand blood and gore. That's just just even suffering. And I can't stand like I don't think it's from what to I the next. So it's yeah, but it's not. It it's not instant. No, and not only that, the body's still moving. I have oh, a hard yeah. time with Missy. Yeah, and well, they sh- they they poop and pee their pants. Missy didn't. No, but I know. Yeah, oh, I know. I know. But, I mean... Because not, everything get, lets loose. I mean, yeah. you, there's no life left in you, so what's holding it in there? And... Cork. Like, you watch those westerns, like Jackie <laughs> likes to watch, and you, it makes it look quick. Quick and easy. Quick and easy. And, like, Pirates of the Caribbean, there's a scene... In that he's hanging by his neck. <laughs> no, there's a um, another scene in the third movie, I think, second or third, where all of these people are going, and they're singing, and they're going yeah. up to the gallows, and it's just like... Down they go. Down they go, and then they throw their shoes into a pile and stuff. Oh, yes, I remember that. And the little kid is the one singing and going up to it. Yeah. It's so sad. But. Yes. So, after, so, consensus, hot take on our part, we're not going to play. <laughs> this was like a public thing for, like, this yeah, was a. That like, was a big thing. They had vendors, they had all that stuff. Yeah, it was the circus. But this is in almost 1950. I didn't. But it's also in 500 people. That's a lot of people. Yeah, but this guy was not a nice guy. 
us is what we see in the movies. After all this, don't worry, the News of the World got their exclusive with John before he died, and he donated one of his favorite suits to Madame Tussauds. You know which that is? What no. that? The Wax Museum. Oh, oh, oh. They oh, have them. They have them there. In Vegas and stuff. Yeah, but they he's in one of them. He put he was put in the Chambers of Horrors part of it, which but this this one closed in 2006. 16, sorry. 16. This yeah, the London one. I'm pretty sure the ones in America are still yeah. open. Which so get this. He donated his favorite expensive suit, right? Yeah. Where do you think he got the money for the suit? Oh my god. If you think about it, next one. Well, he he doesn't ever say it, but I mean, think about it. He He didn't work. He didn't work. He, all his money came from his murders. Mhm. So he had to have bought his suit by murder. Yeah, right? Or by his murder money. So literal blood money, he bought the suit and then and donated it. it. Yes. To take all his possessions. Well, he donated it so like he could have a wax figurine yeah. in the Hall Crazy. of Horrors. Yeah. Crazy. So baby. if you look at a picture of him, he kind of looks like Hitler. I thought so. Did you? Yeah. Okay. I yeah, don't know. If that's the 1940s look. Was that know, the, the little grease, mustache? The grease back hair. The yeah. Little, little mustache. But he had his face was kind of square. Yeah, he's a weird looking dude. Yeah. But well, he looked happy. Well, every picture I saw him at, he was always like smiling. Yeah, like, and why would they make the wax figure look smiley? Too? I don't know. That's, that's, I posted it. Was just scary. it. Did you see it? I, I don't know if I saw it in. When I was Googling him and all that, but, uh, yeah. Yeah. So that is our story for this week, The Acid Bath Murderer. Want to take a bath? No. <laughs> I don't like baths anyway. <laughs> Sit in your dirty oh, ass water. Oh, well, I got a stand-up shower. Full size. The dog even takes one, too. You take a shower. What is thunder and lightning out he does. <laughs> I think that he would have been able to get away with the murders if he was a little more careful. He got away with five. Yeah, but well, I mean, how many did total? They said six. Six total. But and he, he tried to claim more. More. But which nobody, I don't think were true. Yeah, he just liked, if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it with fame. But yeah, if he was smart enough, Yeah, sure. he would have gotten away with more. He just more. did it stupidly. Yeah, he, he told he the police he saw her. Well, not only that, he didn't, uh, before he was like, Made sure that they didn't... Made, have, yeah. yeah, they don't have ties, mm-hmm. and they and they cut off all the ties. You know, okay, you went here. And then with her, he had not a clue. No. Not That's a clue. what I mean. Like, he just... He saw money. He got lazy. Yeah. Well, won't hire him. No. No. I don't think he'll clean very well. <laughs> Use acid on everything. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen. Also, check us out on Facebook at the Macaw Family Podcast. I update it regularly with the cases and little tidbits during the week while I do my research. Also, on Instagram at Macaw Family. Like, follow, and all that good stuff. Any thoughts, show ideas, or anything you want to ask, shoot me an email at macabrefamilypod at gmail.com. Ooh. Right? Fancy. Yes. I look forward to hearing from everyone. Love you all. Keep it goofy.